Hi, everybody. This is Diane and Langdon, a podcast in which we analyze various media. Uh, today, we will be doing episode two of Full Metal Alchemist, the 2003 anime adaptation. I am Diane. I am an archaeologist in Washington, D.C. And I am Langdon. Uh, I am a comedian in Washington, D.C. And so, so far we have watched episode one. So Langdon, do you want to take us through a recap of just episode one? Yes. Uh, in episode one, we met our two main characters, Edward and Alphonse. They are brothers. They are alchemists. And they have, they're, they're looking for something. Mm-hmm. And they have entered the town of Lior, where they learned that the minister, Father Cornello, is using a philosopher's stone to break the rules of alchemy and trick the people who live in Lior uh, including a young girl named Rosé. Um, and he has promised that he's going to bring Rosé's boyfriend back to life because he died recently. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of episode one, Alvord, Alward, Edward and Alphonse are confronting Father Cornello in a basement crypt. Which no one told them about. Yes, so they are, um, they are fighting. Um, in a basement crypt that no one told them about. So it, we're going to go ahead and dive into this next episode. Episode 2, Body of the Sanction. Yes. So uh, our first thing is we get a recap. Um, we have Father Cornell, basically just a last few seconds replayed for us. Yep. Pretty standard. Father Cornello is talking to... Edward and is like, oh, I see you've done a human transmutation. Right. Your bodies it, have been taken to the other yes. side. Yes, because we know that uh, Alphonse is a hollow suit of armor and Edward is missing an arm and a leg. Yes. Uh, but it's that specific taken to the other side verbiage that, that we take issue with. Yes. Um. So here's the thing. The, the idea of being taken to the other side is that beyond a human transmutation circle, there is, in the manga at least, we don't know about this one, but there is there is a void in which basically the deity of this universe dwells called truth. Mm-hmm. And truth is there to sort of guard the gate to knowledge. And if you trespass right. into his domain, he takes something from you. And he took Edward's arm and Alphonse's body and Edward's leg. And that's... That's what he does. And so, but this is not like a well-known thing. This is known only to people who have performed a human transmutation and survived it. So just the fact that Father Cornell is like, oh, your bodies were taken to the other side is like, did you try it, dude? Yeah, there's not really... told you? There's not really writing about the other side or about the gateway to truth or anything in like Alchemist Weekly. Yeah. Whatever whatever digest Father Cornell subscribes to does not have an article about this. (laughs) Uh, it's very weird that he would phrase it that way. Yes, and then we get um. um then we oh, get our, we get we get uh, our first retraction. Crap! Uh, <laughs> One uh, weekend we got a retraction already. So what we thought last episode were the outro credits, <laughs> uh, the really poppy, stupid, jangly rock song. It's actually the intro credits, <laughs> which is significantly more infuriating. Yeah. Uh, Because we get the Stain Gang shimmy much, much quicker each episode. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, we do. Um, We get to watch the Stain Gang shimmy real early, right out the gate. Um, And it's it's also... I'm not thrilled. It's infuriating because the point of opening credits is to, like, get you in the mood for the show. To get you, like, pumping and ready to go. Like, I don't care what show you are watching. I'm going to reference Game of Thrones here. The theme for that got you in the zone and and if you watch 
if, if you watch Danny Phantom, the theme for Danny <laughs> Phantom gets you in the zone for Danny Phantom. That's These funny. intro credits do not do that. I, I've never held... I love Danny Phantom, but I've never <laughs> held it as the standard for anything. Well, it's, it's, it's just an example of just a well done... Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls, the intro to Gravity Falls gets you in the zone for this weird fun shows yeah. you're about to watch like you, it, it's definitely serves the tone setter and this intro credit does not set the tone no, it's super for anything well, and especially for like this take on full metal where it's so much darker than normal yeah i don't i it doesn't make a lot of sense um no it really doesn't oh god and we're gonna have to see it <laughs> 49 more times i know we're not and it's gonna about, change yeah, yeah, yeah. after like 10 episodes probably uh, um but anyway back in the basement crypt which uh, nobody told them about yeah body of the sanctioned we are here uh father cornello is kind of still giving his like villain speech a little bit um and he says that he's, i take issue immediately because he says that alchemy forbids the transmutation of gold which it doesn't one it's, of the it's it's possible one of the first things we learned was that you can transmute gold. It's one of the first things the narrator says in the show. Yes. And he said last episode that he's making money for people. So d- technically the law prohibits it. We said this last time. The law prohibits it because if you were to make gold, you'd completely fuck the economy. So it's illegal, but you can technically do it. It right. can be done. Maybe it's a bad translation. Uh, but maybe not. Poor phrasing. We're not sure. Um, but Alf- here we are. Yeah. Alphonse tells Father Cornello that the boys, they just wanted to get their mom back, which is why they attempted human transmutation in the first place. Um, but they don't want the Philosopher's Stone to get their mom back now. Uh, it's just to get their bodies back because they know that human transmutation is not possible. Right. Still in this vein, though, of things being illegal, Father Cornello tells Rose, you already know that you can't do alchemy. But we've also been kind of introduced to this concept of people in Lior don't know much about alchemy at all. So why would Rose know anything about whether or not gold is illegal? Why does Father Cornello take this assumption with her and say, you already know that that making gold is illegal, but there's also another thing that's forbidden. Oh, is it it delivered to Rose? It is. Okay. I I don't... I, I don't know why we're talking to Rosé at all, frankly, about alchemy. Yeah, I, uh, because again, Leorans don't know anything about alchemy. That's why Father Cornello is so successful at what he does. Yeah, no kidding. Um, uh, so he may, you said it's not a rail gun. You said it's a different kind of gun. Yes, so then Father Cornello makes a multi-barreled machine gun, um, <laughs> which is basically just a prototype of a machine gun which would have been used in in... Around this period. Um, so he's he's made himself a proto-machine gun. And um, and then he just blasts them with it. Yeah. And uh, Edward makes a shield to, to protect them. He makes a rock shield to protect yes. them. Uh, and Rosé is relieved that the boys are not shot because obviously... Like, she's not a terrible person. Yeah. Like, I'm sure it's bad enough that she's seeing, like, her hero try to gun these teenagers down. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he doesn't, I'm sure, is a huge relief. Sure. Uh, I guess, for what it's worth. Um, The agents of Father Cornello show up. They have their own guns, not machine guns, just handguns. Um, And the boys run away. Uh, How do they get out of the basement? So Ever runs up to a wall and transmutes a door. And it's a door that has, like, this giant bull's head on it. It's real, like... It's It's real Bowser's Castle. Real Bowser's Castle. Kind of what you would expect to find in an early-outs hot topic. And... 
I, this is actually something that I do love from the manga is that Edward has really bad taste yeah. and it is called out consistently in the manga as he's got really bad taste. He's got very typical early aughts shown in protagonist taste and everyone's like, get it together, man. That's that. I hate this. Um, <laughs> but so I'm really interested to see if that's just accepted here or if he consistently gets called out too, because I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see more of it because mm-hmm. uh, it is it is one of the, of him being the fun extra. Yeah, notes in the manga. Um, <laughs> so, so the boys, uh, another day, another concerningly narrow escape for Edward and Alphonse. Um, Rose asks Father Cornello if the Philosopher's Stone. She basically she asks him if, if what he's doing is alchemy or is it a miracle? And he basically says, "What's the difference?" Yeah. At the end of the day, um, and then he tells her. I've kept you waiting, huh? Well, well, yes. He tells her that he's kept her waiting, and he also like reinforces it. Like he can do things that the boys can't. It doesn't matter oh, yes. if it's alchemy or not. Yes, and then he says, "I've kept you waiting, huh?" Yep. And then um, we are immediately cut to to the interior of a bedroom, and it's the same kind There's, of cut. They as, have just a lot of pacing and cutting issues. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pacing issues. I don't even want to get into. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but like this is another like moment to moment thing where. Last episode, they were, like, basically teleported into the basement. Um, the whole cast, the whole, every named character at that point showed up in the basement very quickly. Yep. Um, and here, we just kind of, like, zip to this bedroom. Um, mm-hmm. There's this, like, moonlit, canopied bed. Yeah. Rosé is there, and Father Cornello is there. But what we should have done is we should have, like, had the door open. Father Cornello, like, pushes Rosé into the room and then follows behind her, closes the door behind her. Doesn't take that much time. And it would have been actually a lot scarier of this moment because he's definitely forcing her. It would have shown him forcing her into this situation and then closing off her escape with both his enormous body and the door behind him. It would have been really claustrophobic and good. Demonstrate that the door is locked normally, I think, is part of the thing that I wanted from that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right now it's just a scary bedroom. Oh, Um, for sure. Yes. Um, But what is on this canopy bed? Because we can see a shape behind it, yes. and we can hear a voice. And the voice says "Rose," and it's it's Kane's voice. And Rose is so excited. Of and course. Father Cornell says he's been working on resurrecting Kane. The body needs a few more days. We get a shot of the floor, and there are just all these multicolored feathers yeah. lying around, surrounding this this bed. Someone's got a lot of birds in this place, mm-hmm. apparently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have anything to say about that. God damn it. Oh. Uh, outside, we see Edward and Alphonse. They've gotten out of the... I almost called that a castle. But I guess it's a church. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and Father Cornello puts out a broadcast, and he warns the Leorans to be on the lookout for these boys. So the Leorans, because they love Father Cornello, they mount a search. Um, and we see the woman that we saw at the bar last episode. She's back. She is, like, hanging out on the rooftops. Yeah, so it's like like a steel beam in between rooftops. I, yeah, I really don't know like what it is, but she is with uh, that big beefy boy from last time. Not not Alphonse. Gluttony. Uh, yes, the big goofy guy that she was with last time. Yes. Um, and she is looking fine right now. She no longer has her hood. She's no longer covered in shadow. She's in a very like skinny black dress. Very form-fitting. Um, that exposes uh, mm. her breastbone and her cleavage, and there's a tattoo there. And boy, does she have cleavage. Uh, she, you said it, not me. Um, okay. I, I'm not checking out cartoons. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, 
but she has this like this red uh, tattoo on her breastbone of uh, an Ouroboros uh, snake eating itself mm-hmm. and a little like symbol inside of that. Right. Uh, and she and Gluttony are just kind of watching the chaos unfolding below them. Uh, the Leorans, the angry mob, they find the boys. Edward tells them that what Father Cornell is doing is alchemy, not miracles. But Rosé shows up and she's like, no, they are miracles. Alchemy can't bring someone back to life. And Father Cornell just showed me that Cain has been revived, resurrected. Mm-hmm. So the boys and the Leorans continue to argue until... The statues of Leto appear walking and marching. They, they're just... A, the statues are alive and walking. Yeah, and like a robot police force. So alchemy, if we take it at face value, is the study and magical application of change in matter. It's it's their world's chemistry and physics. That's all it is. And the thing is, when you're doing change in matter, as long as that change is continue, as long as the reaction is continuing, then you're going to continue to get that change. But the second that the reaction stops, the the change it stops. That, that's that's what a reaction is. It is that actual process of change. And so in order to make something like this automated, to have these statues moving and walking, you have to continue the reaction. You have to physically continue the transmutation as long as you want it to continue to change and move. And the fact that alchemy is based on equivalent exchange. So we have not just change in mass. It's the the idea behind equivalent exchange is it is their world's law of conservation of mass and energy, Mm -hmm. mass in mass out energy in energy out. You can't mass and energy cannot be created or destroyed, which means that you have to be putting in the same energy that is coming out. So this is going to wipe you the fuck out if yeah. you are if you are if you're doing this now we do know from the manga that many very skilled alchemists can harness the energy within the earth's crust and shifting tectonic plates that's but so, that's like so late game yeah. um but the the idea that this could happen unless father cornello transmuted gears inside of these statues to make them physical automatons there's there's no way that this could happen without him passing out even with a philosopher's stone because right. again energy in energy out right and it's not just like one statue it's like it's six, six of, them. of them it's a ton of them um, yeah but they beat the crap out of Alphonse um and he doesn't he doesn't even try to defend himself I was really upset by this because <laughs> uh, I love him um, Edward gets punched in the back of the head and he's just a regular boy so it makes a little more sense that he kind of folds like a origami crane yeah. Um, we cut to uh, the church, inside the church, and Ed is being brought in front of Father Cornello. Father Cornello takes uh, this watch that Edward has, this like pocket watch. Mm-hmm. It is his state alchemist watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and Father Cornello says that he's figured it out, that the watch is an amplifier that Edward uses to do transmutation without circles. We cut to commercial there, but before we do, we see Ed grins a little bit. So obviously he knows something that Father Cornello does not. Yes. Um, when we get back from commercial, we it is the next morning, and we are in a bell tower. Uh, Leorin tries to ring the bell, but the bell is missing. Yes, and then we see Alphonse tiptoeing in the background away with the bell perched on his shoulder. So we know right. Alphonse has stolen this bell, but how did Alphonse get there? Yeah, considering he's about seven foot six. <laughs> 
Not even that, but the last we saw Alphonse, these statues were beating the crap out of him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I almost forgot about that, honestly, when we watched it, because I, I just don't, I just, <laughs> is it bad if I don't expect the show to be any good? Oh my gosh. So, but what we know from this is that there was some sort of trick played, or mm-hmm. the statues just let Alphonse go. Yeah. After, After they, he just collapsed and they were just like, eh, whatever, we're well, good here. Didn't the broadcast say that they were looking for state alchemists? So maybe the statues were like, well, he's not a state alchemist, doesn't have Perhaps. A watch. Maybe they just uh, let him go. Who knows? That seems a little convenient. We don't know yet. Uh, that seems like the statues could decide for themselves. Yeah. Uh, um, then we get a shot of Edward in jail yes, with his arms chained above his head. Um, and Rosé comes in and brings him a tray of food and... Edward, as he's sitting there receiving this food from her, says, well, are you sure that that was really Cain? Yeah. And she gets real upset and she leaves. And I don't know how she expects him to eat now because his hands are chained above his head and the tray of food is on the floor. He can probably use his feet. Well, he does mm-hmm. use his feet to drive the tray toward him, but I don't know if he's supposed to like use his toes, curl them around the bread and bring it to his mouth. And one of his feet like, is metal, so like... Good luck. Good luck, man. Um, But Um, yeah, then he hears something strange. He hears a digging sound. Right. And we get a smile. Another smile. So we see the plot is now unfolding. It it seems like uh, Alphonse is probably digging his way into Edward's cell. Yes, because presumably in their comprehensive tour of this church, (laughs) this was a room they were told about. Right. So they know where it is. Don't tell them about the crypt, but make sure you show them where the prison cells are. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it really doesn't make a lot of sense that like they're i don't know i can't even process this show anymore <laughs> uh we go now to father cornello's bedroom mm-hmm. um and he, he, he's resting yes. and he, wait a second why are we in his bedroom now is that all that happened this day because when alphonse gets the bell it's the morning right well or maybe he's still they're, asleep they're ringing it for the early morning yeah, service okay okay he's and this is bre- okay, okay this is break of day um in Father Cornello's bedroom, he is still asleep in his bed, mm-hmm. um, and we see the, the Ouroboros. Right, from, from the tattoo that the woman has. Just sort of materialize midair, just like, like a, a gleaming, gleaming symbol in the middle of the room. But then and it then turns into a turns flesh into and blood a snake. real flesh and blood snake that curls around and, and sniffs at him, and then pulls back and it's about to strike and bite him and then he wakes up it was all a dream wow very spooky guys very spooky yes but what's not a dream is that the mysterious woman that we've seen a few times now she is in his room well some dreams come true Ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she is <laughs> she is at the edge of his bed and she tells him that the philosopher's stone is their little secret and, and nothing else. That's that's it. That's the whole thing. She's just like that philosopher's stone I gave you. It's our little secret, right? And then yeah. that's that's the whole point of the scene. I don't know. Um, um. <laughs> then we go to Kane's room. Um, Rose has come to see him. Mm-hmm. She has stolen let, the keys. Let herself into this room, and the, Kane is in bed. He's still obscured by the curtains. Yeah, and still, but we see his figure. He's still creaking out his. Yes. Um, and Father Cornello appears and Rose apologizes quickly. She stole the key. She's very sorry. And then there's the smile. Yeah, he they do this really weird thing where like they they like fade one picture of Father Cornello into another picture of mm-hmm. Father Cornello instead of like 
I, I I don't know how to describe like the anime, but like they could like cut between the frames, but they actually like fade. You can see the lines like go away and then come back. It's a really really weird, and I have to assume really lazy choice. Yeah, because I've seen so many strange. good like villainous creepy smiles in anime, and this is not one of them. It's like yes. it's super subdued in a weird way that kind of takes a lot of the menace out of it. Yes, yes, and. From this, we get this reveal. Father Cornello, the the curtains on his bed get pulled aside. And we see not a person in this bed, but a giant white bird with these big milky eyes. And Father Cornello says the Philosopher's Stone couldn't bring Cain back. So he gave the lives of a bunch of birds to make a giant bird, which tweets with Cain's voice. So it's, it's... Yeah, it's not even really a chimera. It's just a big bird. It's just a giant bird, which I have a lot of questions about because why did he need to use a bunch of little birds to make a big bird since he could make a big bird using a Pokemon evolution last time from a single bird unless he just kept a bunch of dead birds in his coat pockets, which fits with our theory that somebody in this church just runs around with a bunch of dead birds leaving dead bird feathers all over the place. You know that's the theory I got to go with because... (laughs) Because then if he had a bunch of dead birds in his pockets in the basement, he could have, <laughs> like, all the birds could have fused together for to, the Pokemon During the Pokemon evolution to make the big bird. Yeah. So he... Uh, we didn't I, see it. It happened off camera. Yes, but... but it, it did happen. We saw the Pokemon evolution. We just didn't see the rest of the materials that went into the Pokemon yeah, well, evolution. Was the whole bird in frame? <laughs> yes, <Come on>. it was. <laughs> Come on. Uh, but um, yes it's 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 very bizarre. But is it, like, is it alive? How many of the birds so, is it if he it traded is, the birds' lives for this and it's not Cain? It is established that a chimera can be achieved by fusing two or more animals together. Um, animals being the literal definition of, of animal, animal kingdom. Um, and so I, I do believe it is alive. It is a chimera of a bunch of birds. It's... It's very strange. It's I don't think he infused this with life because this has big milky white blue eyes. And then the little bird that he brought back to life yeah. in front of the little girl, it had like the red glowing eyes, yeah. which is still unresolved for me. It's um, also possible that this team didn't really put that much thought into the rules of alchemy mm-hmm. and are just doing it by ear. Right. Um, right. <laughs> my favorite line is here. Oh, gosh. Because... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Father Cornello reveals the chimera. It's this gross, like, bird. It's it's gross. It doesn't look healthy. Yeah. Um, and he asks her, like, he's like, perhaps it's not to your liking? <laughs> what do you think, dude? Yeah. Like, what? But I also, thought it was my friggin' fiancé. Now I just have so many more questions, because why did he make this bird in the first place? Because after this... Father Cornello just leaves her, just locks her in this room with a chimera, walks yeah. away and is like, I am the only one who can know about the Philosopher's Stone. So like, he he clearly means for her to die by chimera bird. And he doesn't like her. He does not like her. So why, like, try to make Cain in the first place? Like, sure, you could pause it. He's, he's just trying to see if he can do it. But at the same time, why specifically Cain? Why, why train a chimera bird to say Rosé? <laughs> in the first place and then for somebody he doesn't, he doesn't even care about why try if you don't give a shit or did he just like 
concoct this plan in which he kills Rosé via Chimera Bird on the off chance that she discovers that he is a philosopher's stone, right. but also make sure it sounds like Cain to really just hammer home that this is a gro- like a very morbid way to kill somebody. Like there's some truly heinous people in in Full Metal yeah. in the Full Metal universe, but this is this is just a whole new level. And the thing is, now it's it's whatever heinous things they do next have to top creating a chimera bird yeah. that speaks with a girl's dead fiance in order to kill said bird. They have, they have yeah. established their baseline of horror here. And after this, and it's, and it's relatively high. Like that's a pretty that's grotesque a pretty thing bar. to do. Um, right. But this bird, it ain't shit. So it jumps at Rose in this real threatening manner. It's not very mobile. It collapses on the floor. I don't understand why it's attacking her unless yeah. it was trained to attack her. But yeah. whatever. Then um, Alphonse appears and he punches the cane bird. And yeah. this and is it, another room that they were told about, by the way. Apparently, yeah. this is so, <laughs> so tell them about the prison cells. Tell them about the room where we keep the bird man. Don't tell them about the basement. <laughs> yeah. It's very hard to understand <laughs> why they showed them this room. I, like, why, why does Alphonse know to expect her to be in this room? Right. There's so uh, many, just so much, so much just parse through here. <laughs> um, but then this bird falls and it collapses in this like pool of its own vomit. It's and it's just this like, other like edgelord yeah. grotesquerie that they're doing. Just a lot of body horror. So again, this is another horror image that they just, they just have to keep topping it now. Because if this is the, the worst thing we see, then... This means that Father Cornello is the biggest bad in the entire yeah. series. Yeah, you have to you have to constantly like up yourself to increase your stakes because right. if you can show like, oh, this guy's capable of doing this and the boys have already beaten him. Right. Then every villain they beat from here on out, I have to expect to be capable of worse things. Exactly. To keep me engaged. Right. Um so it's it's very very it's a very bizarre choice to do right off the yeah. gate. Um, but then Alphonse goes, come with me if you want to live, yep. basically. Um, after that, we go back to Edward's jail cell, and Father Cornell is here this time. Um, and Edward, the people who wrote the show are geniuses, because Edward asks Father Cornello, what's in it for you? And Father Cornello gives his villain speech. Why, why do you say they're geniuses? Because that's a stupid line. Oh, okay. That's a stupid thing to write. Don't write like that. If you, if you write a line... And you're like, yeah, this is what they say in all the movies. Don't do it. Write yeah. something different. Get yep. a get be original. Oh, uh, so Father Cornell launches into his uh, villain speech, and we cut to Alphonse and Rose on the roof. Alphonse has got the bell that he stole rigged up. Um, it looks like he's got the radio from the juice bar, mm-hmm. um, and he's using alchemy to make something. And he flicks a switch. And we see that he has a microphone inside Edward's prison cell. And what he's done with the bell is he's basically made like a broadcast system. So Father Cornello is giving his villain speech and the whole town of Lior is hearing it. Right. And we get this reveal because Edward, as as Father Cornello is doing his villain speech, Edward's like, oh, well, it can't 
like do human transmutation. Like Father Cornell was like, I want money. I want an invincible army of followers to tear the country apart. And I was like, well, the Philosopher's Stone can't do human transmutation anyway. And then Edward takes his hands down from above his head and yep. eats some bread. And Father Cornell is like, wait, what? Because Edward has unchained himself where he's used alchemy to get himself out. Yep. So, and so we know that the watch is not how he was doing alchemy without service. And then he reveals the microphones behind him in this sort of dugout alcove. Yep. Um, and then we learn that the Alphonse that we saw get beat up was a transmuted decoy. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is how Alphonse has been out and about and playing right. hero. And Father Cornello has this machine gun and Edward transmutes a blade and chops the end off of the machine gun. And here's the thing, guys. Um, shortening the barrel of a gun doesn't do anything. It, like mechanically, honestly, the the power of a gun comes comes from the the actual firing of a gun. The part that makes a gun work is in the chamber. <laughs> this is the part of the gun that is before the barrel. It's the part that like is attached to to the trigger, and then the barrel comes after the chamber, and that is the thing through which the bullet is launched. And yeah. so, the shortening the barrel of a gun really just it does a little bit at long range. For accuracy, distance, and and how how fast it goes, or not how fast it goes, but how far it travels. But the at short distance, really, all it does is make the gun louder. Yeah, that's how a sawed-off shotgun works. Yeah. <laughs> it it's, doesn't break the shotgun. It doesn't break a gun. It doesn't make a gun not do its job. It just makes it louder. That's all. And so <laughs> I hate this trope. I really do. I hate it so much. I am I am going to like include a scene in the Investing <laughs> Candidate where somebody chops off the end of a gun that Hawkeye has and she's just like, you're a piece of crap and just shoots them because like that's what you do. Yeah. I like how Hawkeye shoots people at point blank range in the Investing Candidate now. Eh, she does and it with Barry the Chopper. Look, guys. So- <laughs> look, um, all right. <laughs> um, uh, so... Father, so Edward tells Father Cornello that that he's on a whole different level from Father Cornello. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father Cornello runs away, uh, but all of Lior has gathered outside to confront him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he tells them that he doesn't know like how they were doing this or what they said. He said, but it's all a trick, and he's going to kill the unbelievers. And he brings these statues of Leto back to life. Some of the Leorans are surprised because apparently they weren't they out were and about asleep last night when that happened. Um, I assumed everybody in town knew about it already. Yeah, should have made the rounds. Uh, but apparently they did not. Um, so then Edward appears on the scene, and he does the Iron Man pose. Yes. Which tells you that something's about to go down. Um, or technically because Iron Man came out after. Yeah, Full Metal five years movie. later. Yeah, five years later. Technically, Iron Man does the Edward Elric pose. Um, and so he does the pose, and then <laughs> the he brings an even bigger statue to life. And then Father Cornello is like... The watch isn't an amplifier, but it's not possible. Even with a Philosopher's Stone, we've already talked about how creating something to continually move shouldn't be possible anyway, just because of the restrictions on alchemy that should be there. I don't understand the rules of alchemy in this universe. I really don't. I don't understand where the limits are. But But I also don't understand because Father Cornello is doing it to six statues. They're smaller but he's doing it to like six of them same at the same time. Same energy in, same mass. It shouldn't be an issue, right. but whatever. So it's, after this, Alphonse is like, well, my brother's the full metal alchemist. But that beat should have already happened. Like, 
the purpose that this beat serves is it shows uh, Father Cornello, but mainly it shows the audience that you do not want to mess around with Edward Elwood. Yeah. He is on a whole different level. He, You are outclassed yeah. supremely. You have no chance. But they should have done that last episode to me. Like, right. I don't know why they spent this episode like running around Lior and doing these fun and games uh, to have this reveal that's not even Edward's. Like... Normally, Edward is the one who gets to kind of stand up and be like, don't even step to me. Right. You will lose. And instead, they give it to uh, Alphonse here. Exactly. Um, but then the statue hauls off, which again, not even possible to animate without continuing the transmutation. I'm sorry. Go read a book. And hopefully Full Metal Alchemist. Hopefully Full Metal Alchemist. Or like a chemistry book. Or a fi- I, I don't read read Newton's laws of natural philosophy i don't care what you read just read a book read Principia. Um, <laughs> read, read newtonian read newton's Principia, um and then it punches the ground next to father cornello but you know we're finally doing transmutation lines and transmutation yeah, lines nice. are these really nice marks they look kind of like bricks like the outline of bricks in something that has recently been transmuted yeah they really make it look like matter is moving in a certain way and i think that finally getting them has been is nice um, yeah. Normally, everything that's transmuted has these little, like, scales on it that shows that it was transmuted. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this is the first time, I think, that we've seen them in the show. Yes. But it's a real nice touch. They they look real cool. They're important. So, Father Cornello then tries to run away because he's not going to let Edward have the Philosopher's Stone. But then the Philosopher's Stone just spontaneously implodes yep. and wrecks Father Cornello's arm. And Edward calls this a rebound. And this is really interesting because a rebound is something that is supposed to happen while a reaction is ongoing, while a transmutation right. is occurring. So while you're doing nothing, a rebound shouldn't even happen. And in the manga, it yeah, does yeah, occur yeah. because Father Cornell attempts to do a transmutation. Then we get the rebound. But this is just, it's a spontaneous event, which is clumsy at best. Um, yeah, I really don't understand it. Yeah, so his arm is kind of destroyed. Like, the gun that he had been using is, like, fused into his arm. He's obviously in great pain. Um, Mm -hmm. The Philosopher's Stone is broken. Edward says, oh, obviously this was a fake. And he yells to the heavens to stop jerking me around. Right. um, Which I love. Uh, But that's kind of the the end of our climax. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now we get into kind of the resolution of what what happened in Lior, I guess. Yes. Um, The boys regroup. Edward has his state alchemist watch back. Uh, and they're kind of on their way out of town. I think they're just kind of waiting to make sure that the smoke is fully cleared. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rose finds them and she kind of comes up to them and she's very upset. She's like, how could you do this? You've taken uh, all of our hope away. And without Father Cornello and his teachings and like service to him and Toledo, what am I supposed to do with my life? Mm-hmm. She's she's an interesting character. She's she's weak willed, but she is interesting. She's. Yeah. She's searching. She is searching for something to latch onto, and she is exactly the sort of person that cults prey upon. I like her. Yeah. And so she's definitely utilized in the correct place right here. Um, she's the correct character for this role. But then Edward basically looks at her and is like, "You gotta figure that out, okay? Like, look up, move forward. You had a nice pair of legs, right? You know, to really drive home the fact that he only has one, um, one leg. That is <laughs> one leg." And Alphonse then comes back and tries a softer approach. And when she's like... Yeah, he's nicer. Yes, he's nicer about it. But he says, I think Edward did all of this for you. Very little evidence for that. Very little evidence for that. I don't... We never get a moment of Edward showing any interest in this beyond... 
I want the Philosopher's Stone. There's one moment that could be taken that way, which is when Rosé comes to him and she says, and he asks her if what she saw was really Cain. But that could also just be him. Right. Testing limits. And we don't really get this implication that he's he's trying to help her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and, and eventually we'll stop, like, looking back at the manga, but they, they do such a better job there with, like, Edward kind of, like, trying to, and he's not good at it. He's not skilled, like, communicating to people like Rosé, mm-hmm. but he's trying to demonstrate to her and trying to prove to her that Father Cornello is jerking her around. Yeah. And isn't being honest with her. Yeah. He's trying to be kind to her by review- by exposing He is trying to help her. It's him attempting to love somebody and help somebody that he doesn't know. And, and that's very important. And she gets more of an arc there, too, because she has to accept that offer. And she goes along with him, and she kind of lets the boys... She she believes she gives the boys enough credit to say okay if you think that you can show me that Father Cornello's a liar, I'll come along with you. Right. And here that doesn't happen whatsoever. Right. And but we get instead Alphonse coming in and being this translator in this moment to tell the audience, oh no, Edward's actually a nice guy when we have been given no evidence of that. And this is what's so crazy to me is the thing is show don't tell is a made up rule. All writing rules are made up. Do what you want. But this is this is animation. And you have an opportunity to back up what you are telling the audience with visuals. You really do. And yeah. this is such a beautiful medium because it allows you to, to literally physically sketch out what you want your audience to see. And it's a moment in which... We, we could have had moments of ever being kind. We could have had it in facial expressions. We could have had yeah. it in, in physical actions. They could have taken 15 of that 21 second intro to Father Cornello <laughs> and given it to Edward trying to do something nice, just being kind to somebody, but and, and or being frust- kind to Rosé. Yeah. And we don't get that at all. And it's it's frustrating too because because it's an animation instead of a static illustration like it is in a manga, like they have so much more ability, I right. feel to actually draw something that shows this. Yes, and it's to do so that dynamic. communication uh visually instead of necessarily like writing out, oh, Edward was nice to this girl when um, Yeah, it's 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 you can do these dynamic, subtle changes because you have the frames to do it. And to and to know that it's done correctly in the manga and not done correctly here is just very, very frustrating. So this moment of Alphonse coming and saying that, it's so unearned. We They do not earn that moment of Alphonse saying, he did it all for you. That's we the whole point of earn, show, don't tell though, right? Right, is that you earn your moments. Yeah. And, I mean, again, it's made up rule. But like, it, it's it's good advice. We go from there. Uh, the, the boys are out of town after that. They're, they're leaving. Um but after that, we go back to Father Cornello's study, um, and he's in there with the mysterious woman that we've been kind of following around a little bit, uh, and she's there with Gluttony, the goofy-looking round guy, um, and he asks her why did she give him a fake Philosopher's Stone, mm-hmm. and her reply is that the city of Lior is just a decoy, and the people who hear about the Philosopher's Stone will gather here, and then... And she kind of trails off. So we have a new mystery now of what exactly does she mean calling Lior uh, a, a decoy, decoy city. Um, Gluttony then uh, asks Lust. So we know her name now. Uh, Lust, is it okay if I eat him now? And she says, sure. And Gluttony, uh, it cuts to black, but there's a gross, wet, crunchy noise that uh, tells us that Gluttony eats Father Cornell. 
Great. That's what gluttony's here to do. Be a cannibal. Um, though, I guess it would only be cannibalism if gluttony were eating another homunculus, wouldn't it? I mean, right now, I don't know that anything about gluttony being a homunculus. Oh, that's a good point. Spoiler! Um, so... <laughs> so for all I know, he is a cannibal. <laughs> so, after this, we get a shot of Leorn's rebuilding. And we get this shot of all these dead birds yeah, lied all the, over the place. What the heck? They must have fallen out of someone's pockets as they and ran away. Probably fell out of Father Cornell's pockets as he yeah. ran away. Like, yeah. goodness okay, because, gracious. Yeah, so when, many dead birds here. When when Edward made the big statue, he, like, crashed through the front of the church. So there's a big, like, wreckage that everybody's trying to clean up. Is someone just breeding birds, like, parakeets off screen in this town to, like... Well, I don't... I don't know, dude. Mass like, kill? I, I'm thinking of, like, the Old Testament when they have all the, like, uh sacrifices that have to be made uh-huh. so maybe all these birds are just like ritual sacrifices for, ritual for, sacrifices. for when you come um, it's fine. Uh. <laughs> um so then father cornello appears and he's like wearing a fez yes um and all these but his arm's not messed up no his arm's not messed up he looks perfectly healthy perfectly normal and everyone's perfectly like, oh my God. sane perfectly and sane calm. and calm and composed and the leords are like father cornello what yeah so he he, like, stretches up his arms, and all the birds fly up into the air. All They're the all dead of, birds. Which, sick. Okay, cool. Thank you. Uh, I hate it. Um, but all the Leorans are like, oh, that other Father Cornello, he must have been an imposter. This is the real Father Cornello. But we cut to Lust nearby, and she's watching, and she says that the new Father Cornello is someone called Envy, and that Envy will need to keep that form for a while. And then we get this shot of the birds as they're flying away. And they don't fly off into the distance. They they pop. Yeah, they explode. They they literally explode midair. They pop and explode midair. And now I don't know what those dead birds were. <laughs> I'm not sure if I ever even encountered a dead bird in Lior. <laughs> you should put that on like a list of questions that we have. That I'm need keeping to be a running list, running list of are questions you? that we need to be answered. Yeah, so far I've got why do birds pop? Um, how do we make dead birds live with red eyes? Leor is a decoy. Philosopher's stone watchers yeah. will gather here. I'm just keeping a running list of all the questions that they've now introduced that they have to answer. Everyone who has a Google News alert for Philosopher's Stone will show up <laughs> in Leor. Rosé is nearby um, and she is reflecting on Alphonse's advice. Yeah. And that is our last shot in Leor. For the last kind of scene of the episode, we go back to the boys. They are leaving Lior, um, and we get a little flashback to them growing up in the farm town where they live called Reasonbool. Um, and right. Alphonse narrates. Yes, and we see Edward and Alphonse as little boys, and they're transmuting little horse trinkets for their mom. Mm-hmm. Um, little, like, dolls. Yeah, kind of. just little figurines. Um, and they're, yeah, so we see our first shot of their mom, of, of Trisha Elric. And they put like a, I, I think they put a lipstick on her. You don't. I, it, I think that it's just overdrawn, but it, it does, weird it's very lo- shiny, yeah. very deeply colored. It's weird because this is happening during a wartime. Technically they are still fighting what is called, what we're going to learn about the Ishval War. And she lipstick would have been rationed lipstick and lipstick materials would have been rationed because it would have been used in the war effort but but also she's not drawn that way also yeah she's and she's also very humble very sweet down-to-earth pastoral woman and she's not wearing lipstick i think it's just overdrawn he thinks it's lipstick it looks like lipstick 
Um, it's just overdrawn. Uh, but and do you remember what Alphonse says towards the end? It's like I thought it was really it's overcolored. Weird. Yeah, because uh, Alphonse restates the law of equivalent exchange, mm-hmm. and then he says, "At that time, we believed that to be the true way of the world." Like, did that change? Because in in the manga, the the end result, without giving too much away, is that we do adhere to the law of equivalent exchange. It is it right. is a hard and fast rule. It is a physical law of the universe, but. Edward and Alphonse do decide to move forward in an attempt to overturn equivalent exchange as an interpersonal law, as a law that governs your interactions with people. So they are attempting to overturn that as a law without overturning physical law. So is that what he's referring to here? I don't think so. I still don't think that that's happened yet. Has it? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he is attempting to tell us here. Um, Again, once again, he has a line where it's like, what are you talking what about? What are you talking about, Alphonse? <laughs> um, uh, so we cut from there to our end credits. Yes. Um, it's a very poppy female vocal song. Um, I, I like it. It's I like fine. it too. Um, yeah, it's it's much, much more uh, on theme. Yeah, than it's the much intro. more. Yeah, much more. Feels, feels much better. This should be the intro. Um, yeah. Yes. Because, and the animation's cooler too. Because there's. Yeah. Uh, they do it, the animation is somewhat like stylized. The colors are uh, they use a limited color palette. I would so read this comic book if it were if yeah. there were a comic book done in this style. I would I would read it. Um, it has a sparring sequence with them, which mm-hmm. I, I, that's some of my favorite like full right. metal animation is the boys fighting. Yeah, um, <laughs> I have a note about Ed making a poop face. What does that mean? For, uh, it's <laughs> it's because they're sitting on like a bunch of like wreckage, and there's one part where he like. He turns to the camera and he looks like kind of confused. It's, it's and then like he that. has this real sweet, like yeah. demure, like shoujo pro- female protagonist smile. It's very sweet, very soft, very small, again yeah. demure. He looks relieved. He looks relieved. Like so been, what do you mean like by he'd been trying to get one out for a while and he finally managed it? <laughs> <laughs> a poop face. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. All right. Um, <laughs> after the credits, we get a next time on. Oh, my God. Um, we learn the next episode is going to be called Mother. Uh, and <laughs> and this, is, this is nitpicking. Again. Oh, this is so nitpicking. Uh, but it's so funny. We have to bring it up. Um, is so they have all these. They're, they're listing all these things that their mother did and how yeah. she took care of them. And then there's this line. Mom <laughs> stew tasted like milk, but Edward loved it. That's why we had to bring her back to life. Right. And just it's, the yeah, implication that, like, the real pin in it, the the straw that breaks the camel's back, yeah. the, the real deciding factor is that mom's stew tasted like milk, but Edward loved it anyway. Like, if we don't bring mom back, Edward's never drinking milk again. This is priority numero uno. Let's go. Yeah, I, I like <laughs> the image of them, like, drawing the circle in the basement, and Alphonse is like, I don't know, like, mom's nice, and mom's pretty and all, but, like, and, and Edward's, Edward's just, just like, like the stew tastes like milk. <laughs> and I still like it, okay? <laughs> this is it. Yikes. Uh, but yeah, um, that's also the end of our first uh, kind of arc. So just going back to the question we had last time, how do you feel about the series so far? Uh, I am leaving with far more questions than I want to right now. Yeah. Um, and they're not questions that I have confidence are going to be answered later. Well, and I, I have a big issue with the arc in general, but that's kind of that's kind of my last point on my notes. I just, but it, I, th- th- I feel like there are plotting and pacing issues. We have got yeah. some holes in here that 
just either need to be filled later, but I don't yeah. have a lot of confidence that they will be. Well, um, because they're very small holes. My, my first my first issue so far is that Alphonse is getting totally shafted in mm-hmm. terms of like screen time and character beats. Okay. He, he's not getting anything. He's he's totally relegated to a B-list character. Like this well, this arc was all about Edward and Father and digs a hole. Cool. He punches a bird. Um he does punch he does punch a bird, but that was Kane maybe. Uh a bird in the room they were told about. Right. <laughs> he's he doesn't feel like a major player here. He feels like he's following Edward around. And even when he's doing the stuff with the bell, I get the impression that, like, Edward came up with this plan. Mm-hmm. Because we don't see the boys get, like, forcefully separated and then Alphonse has to figure stuff out on his own, which happens in the manga, I think, more than once. Yes. More than once for sure. Oh, more than once they get separated and Alphonse has to fend for himself yeah. and figure things out. And we see that Alphonse is very capable but, uh, they're very capable, independent one another. But we don't see that here. We just see the necessary beats of he gets the bell, he saves Rosé, he builds the thing. Right. Um, alchemy is broken as heck. It's so... It's I don't understand the rules because it needs to be energy in, energy out. Mass yeah. in, mass out. And we are not getting that consistency. And it's so inconsistent that like... When they come back to it at the very end with Alphonse restating the law of equivalent exchange, I'm like, but when though? When have you shown me what equivalent exchange actually looks like? Because right. again, energy and mass in, energy and mass out. That's that's what it should be at all times. But also they have all these like rules about life. Like you can bring a bird back to life, kind of. Or but only can, if it's got red eyes. Or you can kill a bunch of birds to make a big bird. I, I don't... Or you can, or you can make statues move, like. Or you can make a little bird a big bird by itself without true, killing other birds. True. I don't. I. I honestly. Well, we don't know that. Maybe he had the birds in his pocket. Maybe he had the birds th- in his pocket. And he threw them at the bird. But again, it's the philosopher's stone. It can enlarge things. I just didn't realize that it applied to living organisms in that way. Yeah. But the, it's it's. Again, we talked about Rosé. Interesting character. Yeah, yeah, I like Rosé. Um, I think this is the last we'll see of her for a bit, but she does come back briefly in the manga. Um, so we I'm have not, hopes that she'll be back. I'm not eventually. necessarily expecting her to come back here. Um, I am. The, but the, we've, we've talked about this, I think, in different ways throughout this the last two episodes. But like the, pl- mm-hmm. the way that they plot things is just convoluted for no reason. Like, right. Uh, it's very uh, um, Moffat Sherlockian in its, its, its reliance on like Moffat. luck, Stephen Moffat, and that it relies on luck more than... It relies on intellect, but then tries to convince you that it was intellect. So, like, this moment of Alphonse being able to find Edward's cell, that's that's relying a lot on Edward knowing what cell he's going to be in. Of Carter Cornello coming into Edward's cell at precisely the right moment to give his villain speech. That relies a lot on moving parts that they really have no control over. Well, and and Alphonse saving Rosé. Like, what if he just hadn't been there? Right. I understand that it plays better in your, like, narrative, but it's not... There's so many holes and so many things that we just have to consider why... How did that happen? And that's what I mean. We're leaving with a lot of holes that I don't have confidence in them answering because I don't think they're going to go back and revisit this arc and show us how Alphonse knew that Rosé would be in that room or right. that that they knew exactly when Father Cornella would arrive to confront Edward. We, we don't get those things. When we have the manga, again, we're going to compare again because it's very well plotted and well paced there. Edward 
and Alphonse run from the crypt with Rosé, and then Edward lures Father Cornello into his own office. And uses his own and broadcasting system. And uses his own system. broadcasting system and equipment to broadcast to the Orans. Likewise, Alphonse doesn't remove the bell and take it to a secondary location because bell towers are typically built in places where there will be great acoustics and anyone from any part of the city can hear it. And yeah, so that's the whole point. That's the whole point of a bell tower. And so moving the bell to another place without that same acoustic quality is really defeating a purpose and uh, defeating the purpose of, of having it there. In the manga, we have Alphonse just arrive at the bell tower, take the bell, transmute something in order to make a large speaker. And there you go. And that's it. He doesn't move from that location. He allows the acoustics to work for him. And this, it just, again, gets so needlessly convoluted um, in a way to just kind of keep your audience guessing. And we do get a hint, um, at least, that Alphonse has been trans... That that a fake Alphonse has been transmuted. If we go back to that scene, you do see that the fake Alphonse is standing on a platform that a statue of Leto used to be on. Um, I do have a question about that, though, which is Father Cornello would have transmuted all statues in the city to go after Edward and Alphonse. I have now to wonder why this transmuted statue of Alphonse didn't go after them, too, because technically he knows where they all are, and it's the same mass because equivalent exchange. So why didn't that do its thing, too? I don't know. Well, and imagine how much more fun it would have been if... uh... Edward is kind of like, oh dang, we've been we've been caught, and then Alphonse punches him out. Yeah, that would have been yeah, because because Father Cornello like assumed that Alphonse was a statue. That could have yeah. been a really fun plot and a really fun direction to go because then we could have it's it's we could have seen Edward losing power, and this is so weird yeah. also because Edward puts himself in positions where he loses power, and he puts himself yeah. there. If Edward jail. ever yeah. loses power then it's not a situation he puts himself in. He 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 likes to retain his power in all situations. He likes to retain his control over situations and over himself. And so we get a lot of instances in this where he is allowing himself to not have that. He's leaving yeah. a lot of things up to the moving pieces around him instead of being kind of the, like thinking ahead right. and being he, yeah, clever he's and reactive. smart. He's reactive. He's not proactive. When you said, well, when we were watching, like... Father Cornello shouldn't ever get the upper hand on Edward Elric. No. Like, there Fa- should be no reacting to Fa- do. Right. Father Cornello is a schmuck. He is nothing to yeah. Edward. He is a blip. In five months, Edward will have forgotten all about him. Yeah. Because he doesn't matter to him. It's- but especially with, like, the level of, like, awful stuff that he's doing to these people, he seems like a like a relatively, like, decent villain. Right. But it's... it's Edward should never ever be in a situation where Father Cornello is overpowering him and where he has to be reactive to the situation around him with regards to Father Cornello. But here he is. He is reactive. I wanted to talk about Envy because I think that it's really weird that we don't see, like, a transformation thing from him. Mm -hmm. Because we know that he's a shapeshifter. I mean, he's just borrowing the form of Father Cornello or using it temporarily. But we don't see his true form in this episode. Yeah. And they could have played it like... He could have been in the room with Lust and uh, Gluttony when they ate Father Cornello. And then we could have seen him morph. Or we could have even done the morph off screen, which would have had me like, how did he do that? And I would have tuned in to learn that answer. Like like if we had this moment with him and Lust and Gluttony in a room and Lust being like, we need you to go out there and be Father Cornello for a bit. And then we'd be like, well, it's a pain, but... 
you know, you owe me for it. And then he walks yeah. through a doorway. We get this pan cutting through the wall as he moves from one side of the doorway to the other. And on the inside of the doorway, he's envy. But once he steps through it and our camera cuts through the wall, he's Father Cornello. So yeah. we don't see the process, but we get this idea that, oh, this is a shapeshifter. And these people that we're looking at now, they're not just sexy woman and big round man they can like which look that's fine that's fine <laughs> like let's that that's fine but like we get the sense that no they can they can do things that normal people just cannot yeah and that would really build them up more it's like they've introduced this mystery without asking the question <laughs> yeah they're like the, i mean the mystery around her right now is just who is she Right. Why, is she, why does she seem to be following these boys? Right. We know that gluttony can eat people, which is kind of weird. But, it's like but, reading an Agatha Christie novel and Poirot doesn't give you who got murdered. It's it's bizarre. Definitely like that. Um, I definitely know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> uh, and the the last point I had about this episode is just this uh, this uh, concept of scale. Because the first, the the way that this arc plays out, in the manga is it's very very tight on edward and and alphonse mm-hmm. um and like we see them interact with uh father cornello etc uh but it's really like those are the two characters that you're going to stick with the whole time right whereas here the first episode kind of stays in that territory but suddenly in this episode we're you know we're out in the streets of Lior and the people are involved as like a mob that hunts these people down there are statues of leto that are moving and operating and he mm-hmm. has uh control of this town uh, in a way that is more grand than what we see in the manga. Right. Um, and there's so much more movement and so much more activity mm-hmm. that just doesn't feel necessary and definitely takes the focus off of your main characters. Right. Which is something that we've been lamenting from the beginning. Is right. that it doesn't feel like really honed in on them. No. It, it really doesn't. And again... When we say you have to make your protagonist likable, we don't mean that they have to do nice things all the time. Yeah. Because then you get into the pitfall of of Mary Sue's and just super nice and always bending to the mm-hmm. audience. What we mean is just just make them or, or not even relatable because then they become cardboard. But yeah, make them dimensional. But make them do something that makes me empathize with them just once. I don't need to empathize with them all the time. They can do things that I strongly disagree with. I'll be happy with that. Um, More than happy with that. I'll be thrilled. But for goodness sake, make me care about what happens to them. Make them interesting. Make them layered. Make them your main characters. Yeah, for sure. Because they're not the main characters of this. Right now. They, yeah, they definitely don't feel... It definitely feels like Lust is the person who's kind of, like... She feels like the main ...doing character. all the operation. Oh, yeah. Um, Ed feels very much like he is uh, all brawn, little brain. Yes. Whereas in, again, in the source material, he is... Both. He is both. But he's he's more brain, I and would argue. both of them are both. Yeah. Well, I don't even want to get into what Alphonse is here, because he's a... He's, he's an empty suit of armor... Right. Nice job, guys. All right. So if you have enjoyed this week's episode, um, please send us a GIF or a video of yourself and your six closest friends doing the Stang Gang shimmy to dianeandlangdon at gmail.com or to dianeandlangdon.tumblr.com. We look forward to those videos. Yes. Uh, and we'll be back for episode three, Mother. Good night, y'all. Thanks for, thanks for listening. <laughs> that, that, that's all, folks. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs>